Welcome to another episode of Dead Air, a horror podcast. Before we introduce you to our guest, I'd like to remind everyone to please check the description of this episode so that you can use our affiliate links and you can check out our Facebook groups. So we have a Facebook group called Dead Air, a horror fan page, which you can be a part of so that you can share your favorite horror stories, your favorite horror shows, movies, books, anything horror related to a group of people who are like-minded, also like horror. We also have a Facebook page for this podcast, which is Dead Air, a horror podcast, which you can like. And we also have, last but not least, our Instagram at Dead Air Pod. So if you have any inquiries or if you have any suggestions on how to make this podcast better, please message the Instagram at Dead Air Pod. So today we actually have a returning guest and the person to explain why we have a returning guest will be Chris, who will introduce himself as well. <laughs> oh, will I? Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm Chris. I'm uh, your, your second host. Uh, um, for everyone who's probably, ha- who hasn't heard this podcast, I'm, I am the horror obsessive among uh, the main hosts. And uh, uh, yeah, absolutely love horror. And uh, I'm here with uh, my co-host Aaron, and and for this episode, we've got two new voices. Ooh. Actually, Ooh. not just uh, uh, our guest, but we've got a, uh, an, an, another co-host, Aaron. Another you know co-host, that? yes, a sub who probably sub for our uh, co-host, who is probably <laughs> less scared than our original co-host, and who will probably be able to summarize it better. We'll see. We'll see. Oh, wait. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I, I promised no such thing. <laughs> well, we just yeah. did. We just did. Oh, so no. we'd like to introduce oh, no. our third co-host for tonight, Maui. Hey, Maui. PV edit. PV edit that out. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Maui <laughs> here. I am the third host for tonight. I am obviously not Miguel, but I will try to fill in his... Uh, substantial shoes. I am not a horror fanatic, but neither am I a scaredy cat. At least I don't I wouldn't like to think. So I am a horror medium. And mm. tonight with us uh, we have so I guess I'm gonna be the one introducing our guest. Sige, tonight go. we have with us yeah uh, filmmaker and former I sorry. <laughs> uh, no no wait 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 I did not how am I supposed to uh, um I'm so out of this nah <laughs> We're here to have a good time. Ta- well, you know what? Yeah, I, I know. realized I didn't introduce myself. I am Aaron, one of the hosts. Mm. I like horror movies for the thrill that it gives and the feeling that it gives. And um, I learn a little bit more about the intricacies of film from my two co-hosts, usually, who like to talk a lot about... I don't know why my voice is like this when I talk about them liking film. But uh, yes, they explained it very well, so I'm learning a lot. And of course, we have, like we mentioned earlier, our returning guest. And the reason for this is Chris. Well, first of all, he's our first returning guest. Sam. Yes. It's pretty funny. He, he was one of the very first guests uh, when we started this podcast. And uh, I personally felt after that episode 
because when we started the podcast, we were kind of still we're obviously very, you know, we're newbies, we're very green, Ooh. and then and then we were we were after episode after every single episode, we'd be like, Shit, yeah, yeah, that was the, I think you can do this, yeah, yeah, it's okay, it's okay. But but uh, after our episode with uh, this guest, we were like, oh yeah, yeah, we, I think we've we've kind of a. Uh, clear the bump in the road and then we can kind of coast because I think I think we really kind of got what the show is I, I that's what I felt um mm-hmm. personally so uh and so, how so long we, ago was that by the way how long uh, ago close was that to episode? a year ago and I think close when this ago. episode comes out it will be exactly a year <laughs> since then nice. and there's a lot has changed our format has changed um yeah. Um, our hosting duties have changed. Um, mm-hmm. What else? Uh, we have gotten ri- rid of Miguel, thankfully. <laughs> um, what else has changed? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, there you go. Uh, Maui, there do you want you want another ch- a shot at this, or, or Aaron, do you want to take this? Let's, uh, let's Aaron give Maui another. No, let's just give no, another. I'll, sum- I'll summarize. Oh, f- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> We're in this together. We're in this together. Let's go, Maui. Okay. Uh, yeah. Oh my God. Um, you can do this. You can do so this. So excited. Right. Uh, um, our, well, so without further ado, I would like to introduce our next guest. He is uh, a director and a writer. And according to his IMDb, <laughs> he is well, most well known for other movies like The Last One, The Tunnel, and Sunod. Uh, let's all welcome. Carlo Ledesma. Yeah. Yeah. There, there you go. go. There we go. Hi guys. Well, I I, I didn't realize uh, that when you guys invited me, that I was gonna be like the first return guest. So let me just say I'm super honored for that. <laughs> and also let me just say like um yeah I, I've been listening to to the podcast ever since we did our our Jaws one. Has it been a year? Jesus, was it a year ago? <laughs> Is that crazy? Yeah. Is that crazy? And and this yeah, is gonna it, be like episode. That's amazing. Be something. Yeah. And you were episode four. Yeah. So so yeah. so cool. And and yes, Chris, I, I just want to say I, I have noticed like over the course of the episodes I've been listening to you guys, like, you know, I, I did like kind of like sense the growth that you guys have had as like hosts. You know, the timber in your voice is kind of like Evolved. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's, a more, there's a bit more of like an octave of confidence there. Um, no, no, no. And uh, all, all seriousness aside, like you guys, uh, you know, have had such a, a great roster of guests and and talking about like such great horror films. Um, and yeah, you guys are like my guilty pleasure. And so. Yeah. So, so thank you so much so for awesome. for having me back, and and I had I, I shared the same sentiments. Like when we finished that first podcast about Jaws, I, I remember oh like, like hit me up anytime you guys want to talk more um, because it was so much fun. So thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Well, well, expect us um, in in another year if we're still alive. If you the will. Philippines <laughs> hasn't burned down, um, yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> we're definitely gonna ask you back again for. I, I think you have a bunch of movies you want to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited yeah. about this movie that you brought us today. Yes, okay, exactly. Cool. Yep. Nice. So nice. let's yes. let's ask you about it. Um, why did you choose this movie for us okay. to watch? Um, okay, so so the film that I am uh, bringing to, to the podcast is, is something uh, that I hold dear only because it was um, the film uh, that came to me in my um, late... No. Crap! I wasn't a teenager anymore. It came to me in my 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 very early, let's say, let's call it very early twenties, 
And mm-hmm. it was the seminal film for me that kind of like reinvigorated my love for horror. And okay, like to, to show you how much I listen to your podcast, like Chris, I know for a fact that The Descent was the film that yes. kind of like brought you like full circle and back home towards horror. So, so this film that, that, that I'm going to be talking about with you guys was that for me. Um, so uh, that film uh, is uh, a 2002 film uh, directed by one of my favorite filmmakers, Danny Boyle, called 28 Days Later. Yeah, and I love it. It was my first time to see it. And I really, really enjoyed it. And um, before before we start talking about it, Maui. Yeah. Would you like to break it down? Summarize. Summarize. Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, I I last watched this last year. I love this film also. Uh, Some of those finer details have been lost to bad memory, but I'll try my best. Uh, But before I continue, I'll just correct something you said earlier. Mm -hmm. We did not have Carlo last year. We had him two years ago. Two years ago. No. Oh my God. 2019. uh, 2020. Yes. 2020. September 2020. Yes. Yes. Time flies, guys. Time really does fly. Time flies. Wow. Okay. Okay. So the film, to to try to summarize the film, uh, the the film begins in this unknown uh, biotech lab laboratory where uh, these bioterrorists enter with the intent of freeing lab animals. And one of the one of the terrorists find this uh, find this door marked unsafe or hazardous, so he opens it. Uh, let's free some. Uh, let's free some animals. And apparently, the animals have this ra- uh, virus called rage, which kind of like uh, ra- ra- rabies. If you are infected, turns you into this rage zombie, as we would see later on in the film. Um, and then we cut to twenty-eight days later. Twenty-eight days after the start of the infection, we cut to a very naked Sylvia Murphy lying down. On very a, naked. A, very naked. A very naked. Very naked. Yep. Very naked. Yep. Uh, lying down on a surgery table, apparently uh, left there by the doctors who were operating on him. Uh, I forgot why. Like, was he in an accident? But anyway, uh, yes. I yes. remember that yeah. he was a bike. So I remember that he's a bike courier and he keeps on saying that throughout the movie. I'm a bike courier. I'm just a bike courier. So he's just this everyman who wakes up in the middle of post-apocalyptic London. So he goes around and at the very at the start, he walks around very, very eerily empty London. No one's around. And then he slowly finds out through newspapers and uh, posters on the wall through the damage done by the apocalypse that something has happened. And he meets up with fellow survivors. Uh, what's her name? So there's her. His name is Sam. Selena. Selena, Selena and Michael. Correct. So there's... Uh, so he meets up with these two yes. survivors, uh, Selena and Michael, who help him out and he teach him the ropes of, you know, surviving, like, uh, you know, as much as possible, uh, get protein, not just sugar. I remember that. Mm, yeah. Uh, yes. <laughs> good tip. Good tip. Good tip. And, um, but he being uh, just woken up, he wants to check up on his folks. So that's the first thing that he wants to do. So he insists that, hey, I want to see my folks. So he goes he they the three the trio go to his house his home is that correct mm-hmm. yes uh, but, and, yeah yes. and then and then during the course of their travel michael is infected so celine kills 
has to kill Michael and you know with a with a lesson pa na, na you know this is the this is the this is the end of the world you have to fend for yourself stuff like that and then so it's just Sam and Celine traveling and then in their travels they find this uh blinking lights off in the distance and they event uh in a, in one of the many apartments in London they go to that and they meet up with this mother uh this father and daughter see Frank. Uh, Frank, Frank and, and, Hannah. and Harriet. Frank and Hannah. Hannah. Frank and Hannah. Frank and Hannah, yeah, who, yeah. who are uh, two more survivors. So they bring so them being kind, uh, kind souls bring them into their apartment. Uh, and then hijinks, hijinks, hijinks. They hear this radio, <laughs> um, this radio uh, transmission that there mm-hmm. are soldiers several miles uh, that away. Like north, mm-hmm. south, but as, as, like away from the city that uh, there are survivors here. We are armed. This is how to survive the outbreak, blah, blah, blah. And so when they finally get there, uh, because Frank is infected by a drop of blood that hits his eye, he has to die. Um, they were already there at the, they were already there at where the, the soldiers were. So mm-hmm. a soldier appears to kill Frank. Mm-hmm. And then we find out and then... So the Frank, Hannah, and Celine are taken in by the soldiers. And then we find out that these soldiers are kind of unhinged and they want to repopulate the earth. So they uh-huh. end up drugging the women. Or is it Helene who ends up drugging the women? Uh, drugging Selena, yeah, yeah. Selena. Selena. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Selena, Selena. So anyway, so so that she would ask, so that she would not feel the pain of being, anyway, you know, can't even say yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, you know. And then, of course, Sam, being Sam, objects and slowly, because he's he's the good guy and he's he is a good guy, he causes some of the soldiers to doubt, like this lieutenant, is that right? Like this yeah. lieutenant doubts um, the the, sol- the group's decision to do things this way. So, in the in the resulting fracas, uh, in the resulting chaos of two of the soldiers wanting to execute. The decision was to execute Sam, but in the ensuing chaos, Sam escapes and he frees. Ah, I forgot. There, um, the soldiers have a captive zombie in their midst <laughs> as they're trying to study how the uh, how the virus affects a person, how long the virus lasts, and if the and if the infected do indeed die from mm-hmm. starvation. Because you know, this is um, Danny Boyle created this realistic world where you know, even though. Even though these are zombies, these are zombies that work within the limits of our of our reality. Yeah. It's right. rabies. It's Ebola. It's uh, apparently the drug was ba- the virus was based on how Ebola affects mm-hmm. uh, humans uh, and how like physically. Oh, nice. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, so, uh, so Sam, in his attempt, Jim, to I think I think his name is Jim. Sorry. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, sorry. I'm, I didn't. Jim, I didn't want to. In, I didn't want to interrupt you. You were nailing everything spot on, except the guy's name is Jim, not Sam. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. So Jim, uh, Jim, uh, try attempts to rescue, uh, rescue the girls, and in and part of the plan is freeing the freeing the zombie captive mm-hmm. zombie, and the captive zombie turns everyone in the base. Where the soldiers are, uh-huh. and Christopher Eccleston. I can't believe I forgot that Christopher Eccleston is the leader of the is yes. the leader of the soldiers. Soldiers. And um, as as Jim, Celine, and Hannah uh, start to leave the base, uh, Christopher Eccleston shoots 
uh, shoots Jim in the stomach. And then si Hannah, uh, who was, was driving the car, was in the car, um, backs it up, and then the soldier was in. Anyway, um, but so long story short, Christopher Eccleston's character <laughs> dies. Uh, Jim and the two girls get to escape. And depending on which, which, which ending you prefer, they either, uh, they either get rescued by the Finnish Air Force like, uh, like weeks later when they're in this really colorful color, uh, color, uh, countryside. Or in the alternate version, you have uh, Jim succumbing to his wound from the gunshot wound. And you have the two girls walking off into the distance into an unknown future. Yes. I didn't know there was you an alternative ending. There were several. There was an alternative. Yeah. There's several. There's a, yeah, yeah, there's a third. There's and, a third. And I think they all shot. Die. He dies ending. in every single yeah. one. Yes, yes, that's right. Well, yeah, we can talk about the the, the different yeah. endings later, actually. But well yeah. done. <laughs> First yeah. of all, yeah, Carlo, what, what what do you think of that? How how would you grade Maui's uh, summer? Um, I I feel like I've watched the whole film all over again. <laughs> With Sam, yeah, Sam was such a good. With a guy, with a guy named Sam. No, no, it's the remake. The remake. The remake. Nice, nice one, Maui. Yeah, cool. Very well done, Maui. Very well done. Very well done. Um, Although I think I missed out on a lot of. Yeah, that's fine. It assures us that you did watch the movie, unlike someone like Miguel, who probably would not have. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna spend the whole episode ragging on Miguel. Yes, significant. We we decided before we we press recorded a significant amount of this episode would be ragging on the the one who is not here. See, Bert. Before we start the the uh, discussion, do you guys know how similar how similar this is? The premise is to to The Walking Dead. Oh, I was thinking a quiet place. The start. The start of of The Walking Dead. Yeah. yeah, the, the wakes sheriff up even from a wakes coma. up the same way. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. And to yes. a zombified world. That's right. But uh, That's it's right. um, and they came out the comic, by the way, not the movie. Yes, but the, the comic, comic and this yes. one came out a very similar time. I'm not sure, uh, but I think it's very very close. But I don't. It's it's kind of a it's kind of the, like the Hollywood thing when when like just creative juices somehow, you know, make you so have like similar ideas. No, no, so it, it, is I mean, it is coincidence, you know, just kind of like oh. something like Ants oh. and Bugs Life or Armageddon yeah, and Deep Impact coming up at the same time. But yeah, the, right. it's so it's just so bizarre that, you know, um, the zombies were not popular at this time, yeah. 2002. Um, I, I really think this movie actually kickstarted the zombie renaissance. Yeah, um, it's it's credited for reinvigorating the, the yeah, zombie right? genre. Um, and that's why yeah. I... You know, I, I love it so much, and it's I, I credit it to to kind of like rekindling my love not just for the zombie genre, but for for horror films in, in the same way mm. that Descent, you know, was for you. Um, and, and that's why I, I was excited to to talk to you guys about it um, uh, tonight. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. it's um cool. it, yeah. So so my my story with with Twenty Eight Days Later, you know, like my my sort of uh, experience with it was. Um, this, this came out in the year 2002 and I was already working, um, on a TV show at the time and, and, you know, doing li- little short films, like, like shooting little clips here and there. So I, I was very much, I, I guess you could, you could say just like, you know, like a fresh out of college, you know, mm-hmm. in the, in the filmmaker wannabe, um, slash producer kind of guy. So, so I was very much, uh, you know, uh, 
already into into movies um, as as I always have been. But but throughout the years, uh, you know, um, I, I found myself kind of like sort of veering away from horror because like going to college, I started watching all these these different types of genre films. So I was as more into other genres at the time. But when when Twenty Eight Days Later came out. And I remember seeing the poster and it was just, just this striking bright red poster, right? That was like, mm-hmm. um, it had a biohazard sign and it mm-hmm. didn't have any faces on it, um, but just a pair of yellow eyes. And it just said, you know, 28 days later. And then what, what struck me about it is that there was a sign that said, or, or a tagline that said, from the director of Train Spotting. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, uh, done. Yeah. I, I don't know what this movie is, like based on the ambiguity of this poster, like, it looks like a horror film, but whatever, it's from the director of Train Spotting. I'm in, you know. I'm so mm-hmm. so so back then, uh, as I I still am now. I was I was such a huge Danny Boyle fan, you know. Um, I had seen Shallow Grave, I had seen Train Spotting. So so hearing that the director of those films was coming out with a with a horror film um, really got me excited. So so I was able to watch it, and and. To be honest, I don't recall if I if I watched it in a cinema first or if I watched a bootleg version of it <laughs> because I, because I couldn't wait. But I do remember seeing it and and, and being so blown away by it um, for a couple of reasons. One is that um, it, it presented a new version of zombies to me, um, which I'd never seen. Um, Although a lot of um, horror, a lot viewers, of people call it yeah sacrilegious. Yeah, a lot, a lot of people will argue against the fact that technically, uh, you know, the, the monsters that we see in Twenty Eight Days Later aren't zombies. Um, mm-hmm. Me personally, I prefer not to overthink it. To me, they yeah. are zombies only yeah, because. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's I mean, if we were to to sort of you know be literal and and look at what what zombies are traditionally defined as, which is like they're meant to be sort of reanimated corpses who come back from the dead. But what Danny Boyle did in 28 Days Later was he um, he took inspiration from, from the Romero films, like him and Alex Garland, the writer, right? Yeah. They, they took inspiration from that and they put their own spin on it and said, look, we what if the, the, the characters or the creatures that we create aren't, um, you know, dead corpses that reanimate, but rather mm-hmm. something that, that feels a bit more grounded and real, which is like what you said, Maui, um, like an offshoot of, you know, an Ebola virus. So in mm-hmm. this particular yeah. story, it's called the rage virus. So, so that struck me. So the, the other thing that they decided to do, which I found very interesting, was not to make the zombies in this film um, slow or meandering yep. or, yep. Um, which, is, which were the zombies that I'd seen in, in older movies when I was a kid. And as a result, I, I didn't really find them as scary as like the, the other mm-hmm. monster movies that I watched because I was like, yeah, Here's ten-year-old me saying, oh, well, "They're kind of slow. You can just run, you know." Oh, oh, but the werewolf? No, no, you're dead. <laughs> so, you know, um, but uh, there's a really awesome scene in Twenty Eight Days Later when when the character of uh, of Killian Murphy, Jim, uh, enters a chapel and and he yeah. he sees just like um, hundreds of dead bodies like littered all over the pews, which is such like like almost looks like a Renaissance painting. And as he yeah. yells out, hello, um, a couple of them look up and you realize, oh shit, like he, there are actually a couple of zombies still feeding and looking up at him. And, and the way of, they looked up. And they look up at yeah. him. Yeah. Like, 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 like cats being startled and they don't move. And, and what makes that, that scene so much more terrifying is just you start to hear like, like um, thumping footsteps, like yeah. running up towards mm-hmm. where Jim is. 
And then bam, this uh, door opens and you see the silhouette of what appears to be a priest. And you realize, oh shit, it is a priest because we're in a church. And then um, uh, Jim starts saying, hello, uh, 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 father. Or, and this priest, and I, I, it's still so etched in my mind, the way this priest starts to move, um, almost like in a rabid mm-hmm. kind of like spastic. Herky jerky. Herky jerky yeah. was something that, that just kind of like terrified me so much at the time because it's like, wait a minute, is this thing fast? And then it starts running towards you. Like, Holy crap, yeah. it's fast. And just like that, I was introduced to the world of running zombies. And I know, and I apologize, I know a lot of zombie zombie purists hate running zombies, but personally, I love them. Only because uh, for the first time in my life, I was exposed to something or, or to, to, to a different type of zombies that felt fresh. And mm-hmm. that yeah. also to me felt like, God damn, I, I can run as fast as I can, but these, these things can catch yeah. me. Yeah. So, so that to me, and, and from that moment on, I was hooked, you know, um, mm-hmm. and, and I said, okay, I, I'm in on this story. Um, let's, mm-hmm. let, let's see where, where this journey goes. Let's see where these characters are. So, so that was it. That was, that was the main hook for me in the, in the sense that I felt that Danny Boyle, um, the director of train spotting uh, and Alex Garland were able to create uh you know, a fresh take on, on something that, like you said, Chris, was was kind of like stagnant for for I think mm-hmm. a decade. No, like um, there was so much more focus on other types of movie monsters or, or horror genres. But I, I'd like to think that Twenty Eight Days Later is um, has a big hand in, in creating, it, or it has a, is Definitely. a big reason on why zombie films <laughs> are so popular now. I would even argue that that. Um, there's even been a bit of zombie fatigue. Um, yes, may, I would sure. say maybe maybe in yeah. the last couple of years. I disagree yeah. because I, I will continue to love to love zombies no matter what. But I, I, I have been hearing that where in people mm-hmm. like, oh, no, what zombie films, man? You know. But then you have all these films and series on on Netflix that are about zombies, and and mm-hmm. there has to be a reason why you know people love that genre. And and I'd mm-hmm. love to pick your brains as well as to to why you think that is. Why do you think? I I personally have my own reasons which mm-hmm. I would love to share. Um, but I'd love to also hear your thoughts as to awesome. why you think the zombie genre is popular. Is, yeah. I actually dated someone who truly believed that there would be a zombie apocalypse, and he would still, always yeah. talk about it and like seriously make like a zombie go bag. Oh yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, yeah. you have you have go bags now <laughs> no 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 but but uh, one of our one of our uh, one of our guests and our, our good friend si Diego Castillo major uh zombie fan he 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 was talking about uh he went on um our sister podcast and like and he was talking about uh army of the dead which is a horrible zombie movie but uh he 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 was like talking about his obsession with zombies and how whenever he's in a new house or a new place he will always look for the exit. And then like yeah. when he's, he moves into a new house, he'll always be like, okay, how will I maximize this space so I can number one, protect my area and also wow. give me a way to get out. Like, <laughs> so, so, so yeah, I, I understand that. Uh, uh, the, so I he's, understand basically, that he's basically the lead character in Zombieland. He's, yes, yeah. exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. He's yeah. like rule number six, cardio. He's, yeah. he's the rule. He's the rule guy. Yeah, yeah. So, Jago, yeah. so my, does is Jago a fan of the running zombies? 
he is i do not think he is to be right, honest right. yeah okay. he's, see romero is his absolute yes. favorite uh director i think and, so. and absolutely deserved because um and, yes. and thanks see and and because of that you know thanks to 28 days later it made me fall in love with with zombies and and kind of like sparked the love which i didn't know i had and then i was now then able to go back and watch the romero stuff and and and, mm. and have a deeper appreciation for what they were and i realized mm-hmm. oh crap no the point the point of those zombie films wasn't to make them scary in the traditional no. monster movie sense like you realize that the romero films and and a lot of of, of zombie films actually have so much more to say than just that you know yeah, there, there's actually about a deeper humans. cultural yes exactly yeah. a, deep, a deeper cultural root yeah. or, or rooting behind what those stories are supposed to be and like you said for me that's what zombie movies are it's about us as humans and humanity yeah. so yeah so and they mentioned um, that a bit in this movie that it's absolutely it's people killing people it's the people yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. that's a great yeah. monologue yeah. by the way yes. i love that yeah yeah, yeah. I, I also love the fact that the rage virus the origin of the rage virus is they just made a monkey watch humans. Watch, yeah. Yeah. And then he just goes crazy because he's like these fucking people. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, like humanity drives I, him insane. I, I can't believe I evolved into you. In yeah, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and uh, it comes full circle at the end too. Like, uh, yes. see, you yes. know, Arkney Jim is like, he will not kill. He just can't. He just can't. And then he yes. rages out at the very end, and he kills yeah. someone. Yes. and you know that's 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 uh, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, and the the other reason um, why I, I I got so obsessed with that film in two thousand and two is that um I, I'm gonna Aaron forgive me I'm gonna I'm gonna get really geeky and and get a bit technical Please. here is. Um, she says learn, she doesn't like it, but me. I'm telling you, she she no, enjoys no. it. She's, she's, no, because, I absorb because, it because because at the time I, I was I was working as a producer, and, and so being a producer I, uh, and slash filmmaker wannabe, I I had um I had invested, and then I had like my own sort of camera, and the camera, my camera at the time, and I'm sure Chris knows what this camera is because he was also doing films, was a Canon XL1. Oh and uh, everyone wanted yeah. that camera. Yeah. My yeah. God, yeah. that was my dream camera. Oh <laughs> yeah, my it God, was kind of excellent. white I, and I, red, dude. <sighs> it was, it was, I, I was, I was, um, lenses. I was fortunate enough to have it. Um, and and I, I was using it for my work, uh, uh, and I was mm. using it to shoot, you know, um, short films, music clips, and and. Um, Chris, at the time, that's that, that was kind of like what the camera that was of, top of, of the line. line. Yeah, that was yeah. top of the line. It, I wouldn't say top of the line because it, I would say it was the the prosumer. It, it wasn't a prosumer. Pro yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. For yeah, yeah. yeah. not I mean, not top was, of the line for filmmaking, but like yeah, yeah. for 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 prosumer. Yeah. It was basically yeah. a camp, a souped up camcorder, right? Mm. So yes. so it it had that fine line between being relatively high quality but still being accessible for for indie filmmakers to work, to do on like uh, <laughs> on, on music videos yes. like, i'm sure i'm sure tons of the stuff that came out like on mtv philippines and 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 you all, all, shot, all probably shot on the yep. xl1 all yeah. of it. right so okay so <laughs> when, <Aaron> is so <laughs> yeah all, all the right, people Aaron, listening right? to this know, are right? missing out so much <laughs> on uh, Aaron's yeah. uh yeah. Uh, no, I agree. Video. I agree. It was the yes. top of right. the line. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Sure. So we had in our batch, Carlo. We had two people who got an XL one. Okay. And my God, everyone was just like, 
Holy Grail. Yeah, everybody used those. Everybody used those cameras or borrowed those cameras. Yeah. yeah so, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you remember. Yeah, of course you remember Mo from from. Okay. Uh, I have a Mosey. funny. Mo, I have a funny. I have a funny Mosey story because him and I are. are we actually okay. watched Twenty Eight Days Later kind of together, and we were both. Oh yeah, he loves that movie. It's yes. so yes, interesting yes, yes. that you bring up Mo because we were we were shooting and editing stuff together. Like I would shoot mm. stuff and I would I would go to his house and we would edit and we both I remember that we both had Excel ones so mm. we would do two cam setups together and. Um, we both got obsessed with 28 Days Later because for that exact fact that we yeah. couldn't get over the fact that Danny Boyle, the guy that you know did train spotting, and at the time he had already done the beach, if I'm not mistaken, with mm. Leonardo DiCaprio. And, and here he was shooting, you know, his next film on something that we were using, on something that indie filmmakers were kind of using. So so yeah. for me, that that just blew me away. Um yeah. and, and so I, I obsessed about like the process of 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 why did he do that? You know, and then, then I, and then when when I read up on it, I realized that um, it was a budgetary thing. They they wanted to use most of the budget uh, to go for this gigantic gas station explosion, which happens in like the first part of the film. Um, and yeah. and oh, and okay, uh, the main reason why they wanted they had to shoot with those XL1 cameras was because um, an, the highway 20, shot. Uh, yes, twenty eight days later is also very much known. Well, it was known at the time for being the movie that shut down. Um, gigantic London, parts of London yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. at the time. Um, so if if you if you watch the film, um, Jim wakes up and like what Maui said, he's in this abandoned hospital. And as he he goes out into London, he realizes that he's pretty much like the only only person left. And for the filmmakers to accomplish that, they had to major. And well, I've never been to London, but apparently, like the sheer logistical act of of shutting down. You know the bridge in front of Big Ben mm. and and all these different like sort of um, key places was so expensive that they realized that they couldn't accommodate the logistics of that and having to shoot all of that with film cameras. So they made oh, yeah. uh, a decision to be like, well, you know what? We let's let's shoot on these Canon XL ones, and and since it's a horror film, it's gritty. Um, it'll serve you know the the tone of the, of what we're after mm-hmm. as well. So so they made a decision to do that. Mm-hmm. So which I think. Was it was a great call because now you've got such an, an iconic first sequence where in the you know yeah. Jim walks yeah. around London and mm-hmm. to this day you know it's it's still one of the most iconic unmatched scenes right like yeah. like how hard Super. it is how how beautiful is that you know set to that beautiful score mm-hmm. and then yeah so so being you know a young filmmaker at the time and seeing a movie that was shot on a camera that you know I had access to was, yeah. was something that was just so inspiring, you know, mm-hmm. na parang, oh my God. Yeah. Like, you know, it, it, it kind of blurred the lines. It, it just made that next step feel a little bit more accessible. It, it made, yeah. I, I, yeah, it made closer. Yeah. It, it just made a lot of filmmakers my age realize that, hey, you know, there's no excuse. We don't need 35 millimeter cameras to, to shoot something, you know? So I, I think that kind of triggered, and, and at the time, that's when all these other digital cameras were coming in, you know, the Panasonic DVX 100, they all, all these other new cameras were starting to come in. Um, and, and later on, you know, the, the Canon, of course, had their, their 5D. So, mm-hmm. so digital cinema was still kind of at its infancy. And, and I, I think when 28 days later came out, it made it's so many people, yeah, yeah it, it made so, so many people <clears throat> so much more inspired to, yeah. to kind of just, you know, shoot shit, you know, and, and just Absolutely. because, you know, if Danny Boyle thinks 
you know, uh, a, DV, a mini DV camera is good enough to shoot a feature film, then, then we have no excuse. Then let, let's go out and tell a story. So, exactly. that, so, so that's what really kind of like, you know, made me fall in love with, yeah. with the movie. Is, is that, yeah, it, it inspired me. It inspired me so much than beyond being just a horror film and, and making me mm-hmm. love scary movies again. Yeah, so it was, it was It was the filmmaking behind it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and awesome. it's still so well shot. It's so funny. Like it is, you, you it said, is. yeah. Wait a minute. I thought I rented the 1080p version. Like I think you, we can yeah. watch a restored 4K version of it, and 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 sad to say, it'll still look the same way. Which I think for me, you know, it works. How interesting is that that the, the phones we're using now has so much more resolution than the XL one? How crazy is that? It's crazy, yeah. right? Like like we can shoot a much better looking film. Than, mm-hmm. than what that XL one did, but on our, phone. on our phones, right? Yeah. And, and, yeah, but and and yet people still talk about twenty eight days later. You know, and yeah. it's it, it wasn't the tool yeah. that was used. It was the story. It was it was the the characters. Um, Killian Murphy and Naomi Harris were unknowns at the time, and and look at, you know look look where they are now. Yeah. Um, you know, so she's in James Bond. And, uh, when I watched it, I, I was like, oh, so it's in England. All right. So I guess <laughs> it's because I didn't know anything. It's a, it's a British horror film. It's British, British. right? So <laughs> yes. I watched it. And then it was that naked shot of Killian Murphy. I was like, oh, it's this guy. See, Batman's <laughs> enemy. I was like, oh, I know him. I know him. <laughs> so I got hey, excited. Hey, it's the Peaky Blinders guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, he has an accent here, like that. So yes. I really um, enjoyed it, and the way it was shot. Mm-hmm. Also, I what, that was one of the first things I noticed because it was mm. so different. Like you were coming from anywhere, from inside the car. You're shooting from inside the car. Oh car. yeah, his his angles yeah. are so yeah, yeah so weird. In the and grocery, jarring. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I yeah. found that so interesting that it was. I felt like it was a blend of like found footage kind of style right. plus sure. Plus film because yeah. everything was shaky and and mm-hmm. I was like oh, okay I feel like how chaotic did, did you like it Aaron, I loved in it. that way in in the look I mean the look like aside obviously I think I think at the beginning you're like wow this looks really grainy and like really did you did you think it added to the story or, or did you enjoy the treatment or in general I'm a fan of movies that look like that that make it look like oh, it's real, real found footage right. or yeah. I'm really yeah. there inside where they are. I'm a fan of that kind of shooting just because I find it more relatable. Like, parang, oh, it makes me more scared because I'm there with them. Yeah, so, I, I agree. I, I, I feel like that. The, the treatment really added to my experience. It, yeah. it made it scarier for me. You, like, you watched it. At the, what was what was? Your experience, Chris, watching it. I, I assume me? you were, yeah, you're, oh, you're, you're, I was you're a little so blown younger away. than me, but I you, was were, you were in college, right? So you, yeah, I'm yeah, sure I was one hundred percent blown away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two thousand two, I just got out of college, so yeah, I, I was entirely blown away. Look at Aaron laughing at us oldies, but but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, I was super blown away. Um, I I really really enjoyed it, and then. And then, like, I, that's why I brought up the running zombies because I, I really could, I didn't understand the discourse behind it. I didn't know the zombie lore was so precious. Yes. Now you can't touch it. Now. And then, because and, I thought it was like the scariest, um, mm. scariest uh, portrayal of zombies I'd ever seen. Like, lumber, you're right, like lumbering zombies. It never scared me. 
Um, I, 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 I watch all the Romero films now and I absolutely love them. They're incredible films, but I never, I never was scared. Um, Cause it's not a real threat. Like it's if not you're a real threat. slow, yeah. I can kill you. It's fine. These yeah, guys, like, I know eh. Yeah, exactly. Rapid succession. The moment you're infected, you start doing exactly. that. Exactly. Uh, you need. You need that. Like I, I read um, um, uh, Max Brooks' uh, book. Um, what do you call this? Uh, Zombie the, Survival Guide. No, the um, World War Z. Most, more, World War Z. Yeah. And yeah. then he's basically like, guys, just fucking hide out, and then like uh, they'll die out eventually. Yeah. You know, like mm. so. That's what I feel about zombies. So you have to. Make them scarier somehow. Yeah, the fear yeah. has you know, to be there. Yeah, like yeah. So 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 running zombies, I I think are so brilliant. And then this really set the template. And then it's been followed ever since. Ever since this movie came out, well, I'm lumbering zombies. True. Train to Busan, I mean, na sila. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what I don't like about running, like lumbering zombies. At least I was I was never a zombie guy either. And yeah. growing up, the the reason why I didn't like zombie movies was the Deaths that occur because of zombies were always so contrived for me. Just for me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, sure, audience. Sure, sure. Like, like you, you'd always have like uh, one of the characters leaning against a window and then a zombie would grab them from behind the window. Sure, it sure. always was that. It, it, it always, always has, has to be a surprise. Certain, like, yeah, yeah. It always has to be That's a surprise or a certain yeah. situation where they couldn't get away from this intrinsically easy to get away from monster. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, we're we're gonna get some uh, shit talk from zombie purists. No, no, but, but in, def- but, but, in, in, in defense <laughs> of that, um, having had the chance to, you know, just um, thanks thanks to to twenty eight days later, you know, I wanted to learn more and and just delve into the zombie genre. I think in defense of like like what we call the slower zombies and lumbering, I, I think the 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 intent of what those monsters were was never meant to be that they could catch you. But yes. like instantly, it was more of like the dread. It, it was yeah. more of like the dread in that in the sense that they they're not going to catch you now, but they mm-hmm. will. In the sense that they will, later. Yeah. they will never stop. In the uh, they will always be this relentless wave of like yeah. thousands eventually coming towards you. Mm-hmm. And at and some it's point, your anxiety and your paranoia. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So so I see now, and I I, I, I appreciate so much more now. Um, you know, why those types of zombies um, began in, in the sense that it was always meant to be more of like, you know, a commentary for for the real world uh, issues that we have. I, I mean, it sounds artsy-fartsy and, and, and pseudo-intellectual, but um, in, in many ways, it actually is, is quite scarier because, you know, it becomes more of like, you know, a metaphor for like yeah. the real yeah. world stuff no, that we I have. Get it. Pandemic yeah. and I all, mean, all we are in a pandemic exactly. with a virus. Yeah. So, so, so that that guy that you were dating, um, <laughs> and, and who thought Back that him. who thought that a zombie virus could happen? I mean, really, like, like it actually could. I, I, mm. I, 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 I mean, maybe not not in the way that we see it on cinema, but you know, I mean, just just two years ago, like we none of us thought that something like this would happen that we would all be Correct. wearing face masks or or be like isolated mm-hmm. in our homes, and yet here we are, and it happened, and we're only starting to just kind of like step out of our homes now so um yeah so so for me so so ever since 28 days later and throughout the years um the zombie subgenre and horror has has become like my in a way many ways my favorite because Mm -hmm. now i realize more than any movie monster zombies are kind of like 
the ones that feel closest to home or kind of remind me the most of what could really happen in terms of what's happening to us now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. What I like about the um, zombie genre, I mean, it doesn't happen in every single movie, no, but it's basically like really at its heart, it's really the, the main message of zombie movies is um, um, they're not the villains. It's always the yes. humans that are the villains. Yes. Yes. It, like the zombies are just act on instinct, but humans are just inherently evil. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I love always. that. Yeah. So, yes. so, yeah. so like, yeah, that's that's really the the general story for for everything, and then and uh, yeah, it just makes you kind yeah, of take your life. I lost <laughs> so much hope when that lieutenant said, "I promised them women." When? I was like, uh-huh. "What? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 my god!" Like it was really yep. like, dude, I yep. thought we were okay. Na. then I pressed mm-hmm. pause. I was like, halfway palang to, halfway. <laughs> what else is gonna happen here? I was really yep. like, whoa. Stress. Yeah, I was texting you, you our You were sending us some messages, Aaron. You were really into it. I was stressed. Yeah. I was super stressed. Like, no, I, I think Chris nailed it right on the head. And, and that's, for me, that's the best zombie movies or the ones I, I love at least are the ones that kind of shine the light on how ugly humans actually are. Because, uh, and, and that comes out a lot in the Walking Dead series, both the yeah. book and, and the TV series, is that... Um, yeah. In 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 that series, the, the zombies are almost like just external things around yeah. them, mm-hmm. and it's really the ugliness of of what they of what the people go through and the relationships that are you know either bonded or frayed that that creates all the all the drama. And in twenty eight days, where that's exactly what happens. You, you think they found refuge when you realize, oh crap, the the real monsters in this film are actually the the army, you know, the soldiers, yeah. and, yeah. and you, they, the whole time they thought they were the. Saviors. Yeah. yeah. You know what they yeah. reminded me of? They reminded me of like if if the kids from Lord of Lord of the Flies became mm. adults sure, sure. and and, and, yeah, just, yeah. and became soldiers. And, yeah. like, and then that was so disturbing for me. I was like, oh my God, they they went out of their way to do like this distress signal only just so they could lure women mm-hmm. so that they could like, you know, have their way and repopulate. And yeah, that, that was really disturbing. Yeah, that was so bad, especially because you know, being a girl. Thinking about because these themes of, of post-apocalyptic things are always the same, where they show that yun nga, people are inherently evil. And it's always in books that I've read, like I read this book called Blindness, where everyone goes blind. The chaos always happens to the women. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. always like like lagging ina ape. And you know, this wasn't any different. So for me, that was extra. Bata pa si, what's her name? Ha- Hannah, that's right. Hannah. Oh my God, yes, that's right. young. So I was like, holy shit, this is, okay, this Wild. is reality. It could be because yeah. you hear yeah. of these could stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it really bothered me when yeah. the lieutenant said that they were actually luring women for the soldiers. And Hannah was a young girl. And her dad had just died. It's the worst. And then she had pills. But like, it was just so like, no, what's happening? So I totally understood the frustration of Selena when she yes. started crying and saying, because he said, she'll cope. I don't want her to cope. I want her to be okay. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, that was a good line. Correct. Yeah. Like, oh. 
And, and it's and, so good, like her character arc as being yes. someone who's just so cold, and yeah. then she's yes. like, "No, I'm just gonna kill my friend Michael, like with like <laughs> nothing, you know, you know, like yeah, I'm just so cold, like I, I can separate it, but like she yeah. has a heart, you know, at the end, yeah. yeah. So good. She she had a nice arc in in the sense that um, her her moral compass at the start of the film is all about herself and self preservation and survival. But as their their journey goes on, as they go on a road trip, you see little moments, and it's not even dialogue driven. You see little moments between her and Hannah. You know, they're playing mm. cards in the back of the car. Mm. You know, they're they're having little moments in in the grocery, eating food. Yeah, uh, and you can see they're being girls. You know, they're 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 yeah. they're connecting, and and that's all it needs. And for me, that was such a great example of you know showing character development without having to overwrite dialogue. And Aaron was absolutely right. That scene when. Um, yeah, when she says, uh, I, I just want her to be okay. And then her slow, it, her realizing that the soldiers want them for a diabolical purpose. Oh my God. Um, and her shifting back into survival mode. But did you notice she's not trying to protect herself, but she's trying to protect Hannah? Yeah. 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 She gives yeah. Hannah the, the sedatives in, in the sense that I, I don't want you to feel this. And, and giving her the drugs mm-hmm. so that, you know, if they do anything to her, she won't feel it. That was such a great, you know, um, moment. And to think of that even, because when she said that, I'll I'll give you this so you won't feel it. I was like, oh, that's so dark (laughs) to think of that. So dark. Yeah. Yeah. But but again, going back to the the soldiers, right? Mm -hmm. And um, us talking about how zombie movies are, are really just more of a backdrop for the real horror, which is like the horror of humanity. Like I think the soldiers ultimately reveal themselves to be like, you know, the, the, the true horror of, of this film. And then like what I was saying, they reminded me very much of like, what if, what would happen if the kids from Lord of the Flies became soldiers <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. became this way? That, that's how they were acting like, like, like infants, you know, they would, they would have mm-hmm. all these infantile jokes and, and just act like buffoons, uh-huh. um, which made them so unpredictable. And they had guns, they had all the, these yep. like crazy you know, automatic and They rifles. weren't even saving their ammo. They no. were like so... Yeah. <laughs> when the, the tripwire goes up and the alarms yeah. go and you see the zombies running towards them in, in the field and they just go trigger happy and they go full on just, you know, crazy, like um, gun crazy. It, it Yeah. It, that, that And then it dawns on both Jim and Selena like, oh shit, like these... Wrong These, these guys aren't yeah. quite who we thought yep. they were. Yeah. Ah. Yep. Was so crazy. I also want to talk about the ending um, because, um, yes, like like zombie films get the general rap that they're depressing and down. They always end on a downer. Dawn of the Dead, the original one, is like one of the most shocking endings I've ever seen. Uh, George Romero, the the black and white, where where yep. where um, basically mm-hmm. our our main character this uh, this uh, this black man survives the whole film. Um, Night of the Night of the Living Dead. Sorry, Night Night of the Living Dead. Yes, so that's right. the entire film yeah. in the house, you know, fighting all these zombies, and he goes outside during dawn, and fucking, um, you know, pack of white men just shoot him, oh, and they just assume that he's a zombie, and it's oh, like the God. most depressing thing in the world. Like, wow, he 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 fought his fought his way <laughs> to, yeah. to to only be killed by a bunch of racists, you know, like, and and, mm. and it's that kind of it's kind of set the template when the zombie films are, are depressing. Like the endings are always just like, there's no hope. There's no hope. And that's yeah. what I loved about this movie so much because like 
it was hopeful at the end. Like yeah. they survived, and I really yeah. felt like they, it was an earned survival too. Uh, they 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 went through so much, and, and and like so, the survival was sweeter for me. That's I, why I, I agree. really love the end. And I'm so glad that that was the ending they used because they had um, several other alternate endings. And, and one of which was when um, one version, and I, I think Maui mentioned that, is one version is Jim doesn't make it. As soon after he gets shot by, by, um, by Chris Eccleston, mm-hmm. um, one alternate ending was that he dies and it's just Hannah and Selena surviving and they still see the plane. I mean, it would have mm-hmm. still been, yeah, a nice, optimistic, sure. upbeat ending. But mm-hmm. um like what I was sharing with you guys earlier, for me, that final image of of Jim, you know, staring out into the sky and just a very hopeful smile on his face and then a hard cut to black um, for me. I Agenda, think so. yeah. God perfect. damn, ending. that's how you, yes. You know, perfect that's how you ending. end it. Like yeah. you, you could have easily been so overwrought and, and have like, oh, you know, a the helicopter. plane landing. Helicopter yeah, the helicopter landing. Yeah, and but, them but, running towards it. it. Yeah. And he's inside the, the helicopter looking out on the destroyed. You don't need, you you don't know, need it. Yeah. You don't need Countryside. it. Countryside. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Everything you needed to know about, you know, hope and, and, and just like the optimism was all in like, you know, Killian Murphy's like dreamy blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah, love the ending so much. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So sweet. So yes. Sweet. Yeah. So good choice that that's, that was the ending that they used. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. And there's one alternate ending, which is so bad, which is he wakes up and it was all a dream. I, I, uh, yeah. Oh <laughs> my God. Like, are you kidding me? What do you mean? Those Wait, are the what worst. was all a dream? Like the whole Zombies. zombie thing? Yeah. Uh, so he was just in a coma? He was just in a coma. That yuck, is the I, worst. Yuck. You know, even in improv, that's like dire. It's the As worst. In, <laughs> you know, someone does that in yeah. improv, we're like, dude, you just cheated the entire yeah, you just audience. Cheated. Right yeah, now. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. It, it's what almost do you guys like, think about the? Sorry. I'll go. Go. Sorry. So, go, ahead. go ahead, Maui. Yeah. What What do you guys think about the the fourth ending, though? If you If you're aware. Which of was it? The, which, which was the fourth? Ending? It was storyboarded, but it was never shot. Um, so Frank, instead of being killed by the soldiers. Uh, and instead of soldiers, he gets Brandon a blood transfusion. Uh, he gets a blood transfusion. I remember that. Yeah, he gets a blood transfusion. And the thing is, for someone, they found a cure. And for you to be cured hmm. by, so, uh, uh, for you to be cured of the rage virus, you have to have a complete blood transfusion from someone who's not infected. And guess who volunteers to give his blood? Jim. No Jim way. dies and everything, right? Yeah, so Jim, yeah. I think they swap blood pa nga eh. Parang that's the... Yeah, yeah. That's that makes the... no sense whatsoever. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, sounds it, really, really, it sounds really convoluted. Yeah. And, at, and, and at, that, yeah. at that point in the movie, you're like, do, do, do we really want to know more logistics as to what the cure is? It, it seems so beside the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm glad. Oh, yeah, man, I'm yeah. so happy they settled on the right ending. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Yeah, I agree. But I like again, a fascinating insight into into filmmaking and and that you know um, it's nice to know that you know filmmakers like Danny Boyle and Alex Garland, you know, also have moments of uncertainty like with their producing partners and say, crap, like which ending is the right one? Like they probably screened it to you know tons of people and and got varying degrees of response. And I'm glad whoever whoever said. Guys, let's stick to the shot of, of Killian Murphy staring out into the sky. That's <laughs> yeah. that's what's gonna you know make so our right. money back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm also I also want to bring up uh, since we haven't talked about him, Alex Garland. Yes, he's an incredible writer. Um, yes, 
who, who is who is also become such an accomplished director and become such an accomplished director and then he yeah. i love the fact that he really still kind of dabbles in horror um and i'm yeah. I, f- i feel so lucky that he he does still dabble in it um and i, I don't know if you have you seen a the annihilation trailer, Yes, I have. Um, um, his his new yep. he, he's got a new film coming out, right? Oh, men, men, yeah, yeah, yeah. men, yeah. yeah. That's, that looks really fucked up, and I yeah. can't wait to see that. Yeah, trailer looks But, creepy yeah. as hell. Yes, Sorry, I really um, love Ex Machina. <laughs> definitely, that's yes. him also. Yes, yes. Okay, and so I'm sunshine. only starting to know what he's directing because of what you're saying. Like when you said yeah. James Bond, I'm like, oh, okay. And then you mentioned another movie. Oh no! I was so, like, what? So, so that's the writer. So that's the writer, say Alex Garland. The director, um, Danny Boyle, is is different. This is his only horror movie, right? Well, I, I, you, I guess you, you could argue that uh, Shallow Grave is Shallow Grave ish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's yes, it's, it's, uh, it's um, I, I guess almost like a, a self contained horror. I, I would also put in 127 hours in there as a horror because Jesus Christ, that that movie that's also pretty horrifying. Should uh, horrified the crap yes. out of me. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty uh, Yeah, the movie of, of James Franco as the yeah, I saw that adventurer one. who gets stuck in a rock. Do you, do you see the similarities, oh. Aaron? Like this is what this is, like his his weird angles, uh, like like the camera's fucking everywhere. And yeah, then... I don't remember that so much in 127. Okay, yeah. he I don't he remember. also makes use of um uh the James Franco character uses uh. His video GoPro. camera, to, yeah, yeah. yeah, or or I think it's yeah. it was like a handicap oh, yeah. to document like a lot yeah. of um yeah. of the narrative, which is interesting. Um, yeah, and that, that's what I love about Alex Garland. He like if there's one word I would use to describing describe him, it would be kinetic. Like like every movie you, you see that it, that he does, I think just has that distinct style where you know he he's not afraid to kind of put the camera in different places or experiment mm-hmm. with different frame rates. You know, like in, in 28 Days Later, he. He he really makes use of like the best parts of the Canon XL1, which is like the high shutter speed. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With play the around rain. with the shutter. Oh, I and, love and that. And create yeah. that that frenetic high shutter yeah. effect. Um, so good. So he does that. So he's really one of my favorite filmmakers in the sense that he's just so kinetic. Like he's he he's just such an active visual storyteller. Yeah, he's uh, a, and he's that, a, yeah. And and, and I love the fact. Yeah, I love the fact that he goes. To different genres, he's not pigeonholed no. as just like uh-huh. you know someone who does horror. Like he he does musicals. Like you know he did Slumdog, he did, he did um, Slumdog. A Lifeless Ordinary. Mm-hmm. You know he can he can do all these different you know types of movies. And yet when you see it, you're like, oh, this this looks like a Danny Boyle movie. And and mm-hmm. you know it, it's because of his style. Yeah, I'm telling you, we are slowly converting, Aaron. That's converting. I'm to just what? sponging, sponging into, into all becoming this information. A, a film appreciation, like into film appreciation. Like for, for, <laughs> you have to for understand. I've been hearing this all growing up, so for me, it's like, nah, 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 nah. but now that I have a little bit more <laughs> interest in it, okay. Like my dad made me watch the most disturbing shit at like 11. I'm, why am I watching this? Why are you doing this? So I, I, I do get a little bit, but now I'm, yeah. I'm starting to get. Interesting. I'm I'm grateful for my dad for letting me watch disturbing shit when I was a kid. Like I am, I, I realized that you know it didn't affect me as as negatively as 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 what society assumed it would be. Like I actually appreciate. Like I mentioned that before with Jaws. Like I was so grateful that he showed me Jaws at that age. Um, so you know I, I'm starting to show my kids slightly scary movies. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, and then I think, oh that was one of the. 
things we talked about in the, yes. in, the in our last episode, Carl. Wait, oh, okay. your son is ten. Is he? He's turning ten. Oh, you said in the last episode that you would show him yes, a, an actual I said horror that. film. And and here, okay, <laughs> I have a funny story about that. And and I remember that I finally um, psyched him up to watch it. And this was around the time he was also learning how to swim uh, with goggles and, and and start to snorkel. And at, I'm not joking. On the night we were about to watch it, he suddenly paused and said, "Dad, I don't think I want to watch it." I said, "What? But yeah. but but <laughs> you're six. You're six. It's time. <laughs> it's time." <laughs> and and um, to to his credit, he actually kind of like took a step back and said, "No, Dad, I think I'm good." I said, yeah. "Why don't you want to watch it?" That he goes. Because I don't want to have any sort of, he, he said in, in his own terms, but the gist yeah. of it was, I don't want to have any sort of fear while I'm swimming in the ocean. I said, yeah, yeah. that's sure. nice. I said, nice. Yes. okay, fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. That's fine. Fair enough. Um, and okay. So, so to this day, so, so the answer to that is um, yet, no, he has not seen Jaws yet. And, um, and that's fine. You know, I, I've shown him other things like gremlins and, and, and things. Yeah, maybe you so, should show him a Sharknado. Like sharks are not in the water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're in the air. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and he loves sharks now. He loves sharks. He loves crocodiles as any 10-year-old would. Um, so when the time comes, you know, I, I think he, yeah, he'll, yeah. he'll tell course, when, when, he, when he's ready. Yeah. yeah so we that. have to be careful before we yeah. traumatize our children. Exactly. <laughs> Zombie, zombies, um, he's only seen like cartoon zombies. I, I think I'll hold off a little bit only because I think zombies have a bit more like I said the, the realism of them I think is what makes them terrifying so I think mm. him and and my 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 younger daughter I think them seeing zombies of of that 28 days later level I think might be a bit too much that's too much only because yeah, you know you're seeing much. you're seeing yeah, yeah. Blood arterial, and, arterial yeah. spray you know necks getting torn apart and yeah. things mm-hmm. like that so so maybe maybe not quite yet yeah, no, that's that's a, that that would be a bit too intense. I think. Yes, <laughs> this is yes. like a yeah. This is a strictly eighteen-year-old. Yeah, my ano pa eh, my my abuse joke, like abuse by yeah. women. Like it's yeah. too much. It's it's a yeah. lot. Yeah, even yeah. I got a little like whoa. So, yeah, again, again going back um to to that no like realizing that oh shit humans are are really the the true monsters in 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 zombie films. Um, 28 days later, kind of like opened this, this box, this Pandora's box for me and, and pushed me towards my love for post-apocalyptic movies. <laughs> and mm. so because of that, like, I, I'm so drawn to, to, you know, post-apocalyptic stories and, and films because yeah, these are, these are movies that, that for me are, are closest to home. And, and then for me are part of things that, that could happen. And then when COVID happened, it made me realize like, it could happen. So, so I'm yeah. so I'm so drawn to that. Like, yeah, one of my favorite in in in, uh, in uh, thirty yeah. days. When people ask me, oh, hey, Carla, what's your favorite zombie movie? I, I'll say my answer to that will be Twenty Eight Days Later. But I'll say, oh, nice. My ne- my next favorite zombie movie, which isn't quite a zombie movie but has a similar theme, would be um, The Road by. Um, oh my God, so good with yeah. uh, Viggo Mortensen. Viggo. Uh, if if you remember that. That, McCarthy. Yeah, that that movie I, I do not think I could watch now, only because I'm a father now. I I, I watched yeah. it when I was living in Australia, so I, I was still, um, you know, I wasn't a father yet, and I remember being so deeply moved and disturbed by what was going on in that movie. 
And I think if I were to watch it now as a dad, I'd probably pass out or I'd probably black yeah. out from the sheer stress of it. Um, only because I, I don't know if you, if all of you have seen it. it it's basically, yeah, it, it's a movie set in the apocalypse and it's about a father and son. Mm-hmm. And it's him just trying to keep his son alive amidst this, this society with cannibals and just mm-hmm. crazy fucked up people and, and starvation and, and no resources and him just being a dad. And, and for me, that's the gist, I think, of what zombie movies are. It's just, you know, like, us dealing with the potential of a post-apocalyptic world mm-hmm. and, and, and having to, to deal with the consequences of, of, what, of what we do as human beings. <laughs> I can't uh, watch, yes. uh, so the watch, so watch, watch The Road anymore. Watch The Road. It's lovely. <laughs> it's yeah, lovely. I, uh, <laughs> I, I can't take a... Yeah, I can't take father-son movies anymore. <laughs> like, Not, oh my like God. In that sense, like, oh God, it's uh, so difficult. There, there's one scene, sorry, I'm going to go into a bit of spoiler. There's one scene where they're being cornered by a bunch of crazy people who, are, mm-hmm. who may or may not rape them. He just holds a, a gun to his son's head and, and he basically says, if they catch us, like I'm just going to pull this trigger because I'd, yep. I'd rather my son die than, than these disgusting things happen to him. And it, it's that level of heartbreaking that's crazy. So, yeah. 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 So once again, watch the lovely film. There's called yeah, the it's, it's a beautiful <laughs> film about life and yeah, and, yeah. and roses and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But I, I feel you, Chris. I, I, I think, um, and I, I mentioned to, this to you before. It's like horror films hit differently as a parent. Super. The horror yeah. films that um, that are about um, family or or parenthood. Yeah. Oh, geez, I cannot. It's just. Just Even just that, the beginning of this movie, I saw like I noticed yung, the note that his parents wrote. Like we oh, left you heartbreaking. That was such so a we're gonna so heartbreaking. Oh yes, we'll sleep with you. Wow. It was the he comes home and and the mom is dead and then he sees that she's clutching a photo right of of him of as him a kid. as a baby. And then the note said, um, "Jim, we le- yeah, because they left him sleeping in in a coma in the hospital. We left you sleeping, but we're joining you now. Come and then bit. don't wake up. Don't, don't wake, wake up. up. Yeah, yeah. God, damn. Gosh, that's so that painful. was wild. Yes, <laughs> but." Frank and Hannah. Frank and Hannah, palang na irapan na ako. Eh. Ah, yeah, Frank yes. Can we talk about Frank and Hannah because yeah, I love yes, them so please. much. <laughs> um, when I, I think when we when we get to that point in the story and and we meet them, um, you're so drawn to to both of them only because well, one Brendan Gleeson is just such, such a bear. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. he's such a lovable. <laughs> yes, I, I mean, we 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 see him in other roles where he's just an absolute menacing character, but. It, it's it's credit to him as as an amazing actor that he can in in this movie just be such like you know like a typical dad and and um and, and for me I actually feel like the story picks up when we meet them yes and, I agree. yeah like everything up until that point is just so damn bleak and and I think it was such a good creative choice for the writers to be like you know what I think I think we need, I think we need to introduce a new characters here because mm-hmm. it's getting and the first quite- time he takes office. Takes off his, his arm mask. Yeah. And He's like smiling. He's so like, oh. yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, big guy. I'm Frank. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What's your name? Hannah, come here. <laughs> and, and I think that was such a good, like, um, you know, like creative choice to, to introduce them. And then 
deep down, you know, oh crap, oh my God, one of these people are gonna die. Oh my yeah. God, it's Brendan Gleeson, yeah. isn't it? You yeah. you know, you know, you know, as as a as a, a a lover of movies, like oh shit, one of these, like he's gonna die because he, <laughs> they're make, like there's no way he's so likable and he's gonna survive. Yep. And, and no, it's gonna happen. Yep. <laughs> but at the same time. Um, you latch onto them because, you know, like, oh, you realize he's a taxi driver. Oh, they've got this quirky little, you know, um, British taxi and, and they use it to go off onto this epic road trip. And, and, and from there, for me, that's when the story kind of really kind of developed its legs and, and kind of picked mm-hmm. up in the sense that, you know, you've got two more characters that bring out mm-hmm. the, re- the really good aspects of Selena, especially. Like mm-hmm. what I mentioned earlier is that she's able to bond with Hannah and, and create and, and bring out and break her shell of, of being like this protective human being. And, and that scene when, when, um, when Frank gets infected is, is absolutely heartbreaking. He, so painful. he physically, he physically shoves um, Hannah, Hannah to the ground and he says, um, yeah. I, I love you very much. And you're like, mother, oh my yeah. God. <laughs> and he gets yeah. gunned down. <laughs> it's fuck. And, and you know what? And and do you, did you do you guys realize or, or Chris do you realize that that moment has become such a trope in in yeah. zombie stories? Yes, wherein a loved yeah. one gets bitten. A loved one, and, like, and he's like, "Get away from me!" Yeah, yeah. and, and, and don't sure touch me. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure it's been done in, in in zombie films before that, but you know, it it, it, it it's almost like standard fare, wherein there yeah. has to be a moment where a loved one gets bitten, mm-hmm. and it it has to be that I you know that final moment of yeah. I love you. <laughs> I love before you, the, but I'm not gonna be myself in a, a few seconds before, before the yeah. turn, you know. Um, and you know what? It, it's a trope that I embrace. Like I, I think it, it almost needs to be there in a zombie film, and in 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 the same way, wherein if it's a vampire film, at some point, this is a vampire has to burst into flames when they step into sunlight. I think with a zombie film, what makes the the, the genre strong is when there has to be a loved one that gets bitten and they have to say their yeah. goodbyes. They have to say goodbye. Right. Yep. Yeah. Emotional. <laughs> <laughs> more, more wine. Aaron, what, what the like? I'm, I'm super interested in, in your take as someone who saw it for the first time. Uh, yes. What's, what was more fun about the movie, the, the emotion or the action? You know what? Um, I mean, I was sending you guys videos. So while I was watching this movie in our group chat, I was sending videos of myself reacting to certain scenes. And That's awesome. It gave me it gave me the the feeling that I like while watching scary movies. That suspense, especially pag alam mo when it's quiet. You know when when he's walking through some quiet place you know something's gonna happen, right? So you're there, like I'm there by my pillow just watching and taking a video of myself yelling at the TV. <laughs> I like it. I enjoy it. It was effective in the way horror movies are effective for me. Plus, it got emotional, which is always a bonus. So yeah. I really, really liked it. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Which means, um, to say, I mean, if you've only watched it recently, I think today. It's safe, safe to say, today it's safe to say that the movie holds up. Yeah, twenty yeah, years. Twenty for me, years later, seeing it again, I fin- I watched it again yesterday. Um, it one hundred percent holds up. I think I yeah. might actually yeah. like it better now than than I did seeing it. Uh, I've seen it a number of times since it came out, but like now, I really, really appreciate it. I mean, like um, I think uh, yeah, especially also since uh, I've, I've become a parent since. Um, 
you know, em- the story emotionally really changed for me. You know, uh, see, see, see Frank protecting Hannah and then Selena protecting Hannah. You know, all, all that stuff holds more weight now. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I agree. And, and do you think it resonates more now because we're almost living in a similar world? Yes. Minus the, the blood. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's, kind of gotten, it's kind of gotten a bit real since then, huh? Yeah, well, we <laughs> are surrounded yeah. by, by the, those soldiers. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, yeah, I like that. Ooh, that's a good metaphor. Yeah. We yeah. we are surrounded by um, warriors, whether they be in soldier form or in keyboard form. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. No, that's so that's true. A good movie. No, watching it again recently. Yeah. It. it I remember watching it in two thousand and two and thinking, "Medyo outlandish naman yung premise, a virus." <laughs> and then she's. <laughs> and then here we are. <laughs> And here we are on on year three. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Year three. So yeah, that ex-boyfriend of yours, Aaron, had had some foresight, I think. Yeah, he had some foresight. Yeah, so he probably still, or yep, or still has that go bag, or 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 is it Jago? Still has that go bag. (laughs) Yeah. Perhaps. Okay, last question. Last question before we wrap up. Zombie apocalypse. What's your weapon of choice? Oh, I love that question. Okay, you guys go. That's great. Uh, That's a great question. Hack and slash, hack and slash uh, weapon for me. Like a a, far distance weapon. Far distance. Because I don't want to go near. Mm. Like like bow and arrow or gun. Bow and arrow. Yeah. Quiet. Quiet. This is the rage virus we're talking about. So whatever blood spray that results from it, you need to be far away. So Tamas Yaren, you can't be... Better, better and I don't want to. They're so ugly. I don't want to go near yeah, but, them. But to Aaron, kill a, bow and, a bow and arrow needs a very high ratio of like accuracy. Accuracy. Oh, so the, the, the problem it's with that true. is what, what if you miss? Unless you suddenly become like one of the badass ca- characters from Walking Dead who is just like yeah. super accurate with yeah, a perfect. bow and arrow, yeah. then you would. Yeah. I personally would opt for a safe, good old shotgun. Like, shotgun. if it makes noise, but at least. Yung, yung hit ratio. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Madale or, or just run. Um, grenade, yeah, grenade. <laughs> yeah, but the shrapnel could hit you as you're running away. That's true. <laughs> mm. yeah. Frank had the right idea, the riot shield and the, no? Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Like at the yeah, beginning. Yeah. yeah, he had the right idea. The shield and the, the baton so that he's protected from the spray. And, and he has a, a, he a weapon. Yeah. 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 But oh. limited to tight corners. Yeah. Tight corners, yeah, exactly. It's mm. a short weapon. Well, I, I have I have I have a question of my own. Like, um if 28 day, days later kind of reinvigorated, you know, the zombie genre. And, and since then, so many like kind of versions of it have sprung up, you know, um, several of which I love. Um mm-hmm. I, I did you guys notice as well, like, you know, a lot a lot of the really good zombie movies have been like Horror comedies like Shaun of the Dead, Zombie yes. Land, yeah, yeah, things like that. One Warm cut of the bodies. dead, Warm, Warm bodies. bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my my question there is, wh- why do you think the zombie genre transitions so well into like a horror comedy? Like, why do you think I that think is? I have, uh, I I personally think that it transitions well is because, as you said earlier, a good zombie movie isn't about the zombies, but it's about the human, the human drama, the human challenges yeah. that occur within that world. That's why we love uh, Twenty Eight Days Later. It focuses on the um, the trials and tribulations of Jim and company. 
right? So, like, regardless of whether, regardless of what ac- what actual genre the movie is, mm-hmm. like, we're going to be focusing on the humans anyway. So nice. it can be comedy. Yeah. It can be, yeah. it can be horror. It can be drama. What what have you? As long as you have a good story within that zombie world, a good story, it will yes. work. At yes. least for me. Awesome. That makes sense. Absolutely makes sense. right. Spot on. Spot on. Nice. Nice. All right. So uh, we have come to the part of the podcast where we give our last thoughts on the movie. And I would like to start. So I've been saving this. (laughs) I've been saving this. So one of my favorite things about the movie was the fact that it showed that people are still social creatures. Because Selena said that... Surviving and making it on your own is as good as it gets. But then as soon as she bonded with Hannah and with Frank and they all became like this one barcada, she said, I was wrong. This Mm. is as good as it gets. And I was like, yes. Uh And we found that out Uh, in the pandemic because we need people. Like we need to talk to people. We think we're hermits, but we kind of need that social um, activity, right? I love that part. So that's what stuck with me. That is a great insight. Wow, I just realized shit, Selena might just be my favorite character now. She's actually the one that ha- she's actually the one that has the most growth, no? or, or the yes. biggest mark. And yeah. and I think Arnie nailed it right on the head by by saying that particular moment. It was that moment. Yes. I was like, oh yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, Galeng. Yeah. So Maui. Maui. I'm sure Chris and Carla will say a lot more than I will. So I'm going to be focusing on the film itself as a catalyst. Yeah. Like, uh, it came out in 2002 and it was a catalyst, especially for... I was sophomore. I was a sophomore student back then. And it came out... <laughs> at least I haven't, gradu- I did, I haven't graduated yet. Hey, you know? I'm not laughing. Aaron, <laughs> can you make an insult? Can you insult Aaron and not me? <laughs> Anywho, anywho, I love the movie for the fact that it came at a time when it needed to catalyze, when it needed to motivate people like me who wanted to be filmmakers into realizing that I didn't need film. I didn't need access to film. And I didn't have access to film back then. Like we had to fend for ourselves, use camcorders and, you know, XL1. I only got to hold an XL1 2003. Nah. So, you know, like 28 days later, uh, told everyone, hey, story is king. It's really not the sword that you wield, but how you wield it. And this story was shot on, an, on, a, on, on a device that you could get or something like it. And, you know, so just go out. Go out and shoot yes, your sir. zombie film wherever you may be. And that's yeah. why I like 28 days later. Yes, sir. Awesome. Nice. I'll I'll go next. Um, my my thing with Twenty Eight Days Later is uh, is uh, it holds up so well for a movie that was shot twenty years ago with technology that is obsolete right now. and that that's so echoing what you said, Maui. it's really it's really not the technology. It's uh, it's it's really filmmaking and uh, and, and storytelling, which is. Which is timeless, and uh, wow! I, like I'm, I, I like I said earlier, I really think that my viewing of this movie yesterday is my favorite viewing of the film, nice. <laughs> and I've seen it quite a few times. I've seen it. I saw it when it came out. I've seen it a number of times since this came came out because I, I really love it. I love Danny Boyle. I love zombies in general. I love horror in general. 
Um, and this is such a seminal film. I think I think yesterday was actually my favorite viewing of the film. And and I'm, I really I yeah, it just speaks to it speaks volumes about how it was made. And so very very thankful you you chose this, Carlo. Thank you. Yeah, I, Thank I'm, just you, gonna, Carlo. I'm just gonna piggyback on your answers and and say the same thing. Um, I, I'm grateful for this film because it it inspired me to. Um, not just look further into what zombie movies truly were, but but just to again, like to echo what you guys said, you know, just be inspired by by t- uh, focusing on telling a good story as opposed to dwelling so much on on gear or equipment. Like really, it, it's all about the tools that we have in front of us. And and I think we're now, you know, the silver lining with what we're doing now is as we're leaving our own version of the apocalypse. And I. I cross my fingers that you know like the 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 worst is over you know we're we're actually quite blessed to to have access to all these you know amazing tools are at disposal but the one thing i'll, I'll always look at with with films like 28 days later is that you know it, it maui said it right it, it should be story first and 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 focusing on telling a good story and for me 28 days later is a film that is a good story and continues to be uh 20 years later <laughs> yeah. I, love yeah. it. Yeah. I love that so, so thank, thank you, you thank you yeah thank you for for um, giving me the chance to to just gush about it you know, I have a feeling you're going to be back again what do we talk about uh, next? 100% 100% <laughs> we're, we're definitely you, like uh, this is this is uh, if if, if uh, we can have our way, this is going to be an annual event. Oh, uh, dude, um, anytime. And again, <laughs> you guys, you guys are 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 telling in in your own way, telling such great stories with by getting all these interesting people and you know sharing their own you know love stories with with the horror movies that scared the pants out of them. And and keep doing that, guys, because it's great. Like I love listening to you guys in traffic. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. That, that I love. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm so happy to hear that. It's ah. awesome. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, you stop. No, you stop. No, no, you. No, you. Oh, stop. No, 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 guys. <laughs> All right. So thank you so much, Carla, for being here again for your second time. We're sure that you're going to be back again. And um, is there anything that you want the listeners to know about what you're doing now? Are you are you doing anything new that we can watch out for? Um. Well... Um, the other than than writing scripts, um, my my dream and which I'm trying to claim into the universe is I, I I have a zombie story of my own which I would love to bring into the world soon. So I can't really say anything much about it yet. <laughs> um, but you know I, I'm throwing it out there and, and hoping that you know COVID restrictions finally like open up and and allow me to shoot that movie um, because yeah I feel like you know. Um, yeah, I've got a zombie movie or two like stashed away inside me, so I, I just can't wait to kind of shoot that and, and tell it, tell it. So, That's you guys awesome. want to be zombies? Nice. Hell oh my yeah! God. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Yeah! Hell yeah! Hell yeah! It'll be fun, right? Like, oh, so yeah, I'll let you guys know if and when. Oh man! Oh, I cannot <laughs> wait for this to happen. I can't wait for your movies, whatever, whatever. It is I know. Next um, one. COVID really, you know, killed a lot of. of Filmmaker yeah. momentum, but I think I think people are going to be back with a vengeance now that the world is. Right, absolutely, one hundred. Let's do it. Let's do it. For thank sure. You guys. Yeah. Awesome. Thank so you. So thank you. So thank you so much, Carla. Yeah, thank you thank again you. for being thank here. You. And for those listening, we hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. So once again, before we go, please join our Facebook group. Dead Air A Horror fan page like our Facebook page Dead Air A Horror Podcast and message 
relentlessly our Instagram at Dead Air Pod. If you have any suggestions of guests or movies that you'd like to talk about, please let us know. So thanks everyone and we hope you enjoyed this episode and have a great day. Bye. 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 They're coming to get you, Barbara. Brought to you by Big Baby Studios.